Hello and welcome to another episode of I Know I Love, the podcast where I, Kevin, talk about all of the things that I know that I love in the world of entertainment, from films to television shows to music and the occasional video game. So um, as I was just going to start recording, I was having some uh, technical difficulties. (laughs) My headphones um, that I usually use when I'm recording are like a few years old. I think they're kind of dying on their last leg. So um, I am recording on like kind of almost like it's almost like a baseless type of sound. (laughs) So um, I'm trying to just like record this podcast and then I will be purchasing some new headphones because I've been meaning to do that for some time now anyway. Um, But yeah, like I was like, oh, crap, I can't record and I missed last week. So I need to record. So (laughs) um, I'm trying to just get through it and hopefully it comes out okay. Um, so this week we are going to get into television and I'm excited as always to talk about every time I record podcasts, I'm always excited to talk about what I'm talking about because I love everything I'm talking about. So this week, um, we are going to get into television and discuss the show Desperate Housewives. Um, Desperate Housewives is a really, really great show that um there's just so much to talk about because it was a, it was it ran for like 8 seasons so I'm just going to jump right into it and talk about my discovery some summary of the show and get into the ins and outs of what makes it something that I know that I love so um first for desperate housewives um it basically ran on ABC from 2004 to 2012 so it ran for 8 seasons the show is basically created by uh, Mark Cherry, and it stars Marsha Cross, Terry Hatcher, Felicity Huffman, and Eva Longoria. Those are the primary stars of the show. Each of them has their own like husband, boyfriend situation, um, their own families, and their own basically side storylines. So there's a lot going on with the show. The cast is actually quite large. And actually, I'm finding as I record a lot of these episodes when I talk about TV, I find like a lot of the shows, even on my list that I'm going to be talking about and that I have talked about, I find that a lot of the shows that I really love um, typically have large casts. So I don't know if that's like a thing with me. I just, I think it's because it gives you so much to kind of look at and watch and pay attention to. And um, if you get kind of a little bit like, "Eh," like with one storyline, like there's plenty others to kind of keep your interest and Desperate Housewives really has that going for it. Similar to other shows that I discovered um, when it comes to this show, basically I discovered this show where I had seen tons of advertisements for it, like over the like the first, especially the first season that it ran. And as it was kind of getting into its second season, I was like, you know, I want to check out this show. I want to like see what it's about because it's really popular. I mean, this was like like the top show of the time, and. I was just like, I, don't, I mean, I don't really, I feel like the marketing of this show kind of is confusing because if you look back to a lot of the old advertisements for this show, it kind of, it didn't market it for, in my opinion, for what it really is. Like, because the show actually is really good and the marketing kind of made it look a little more, I don't know, like, just like typical, like, just soap opera-y, kind of sleazy a little bit. And it has those things, but it's it's really more than that, in my opinion. Like, it's a lot more well-written than your average, like, soap. And it's it's just, it's got more going for it, in my opinion. So, basically, I decided to rent a couple of the DVDs um, for the first season once that was released on DVD. And this would have been prior as the second season was airing. And I immediately was, like, in love with this show because it's it was so different than anything, of course, that I'd seen before. 
And this, you know, having being able to watch like the DVD, it allowed me to kind of catch up on like the first season. By the time I was done with it, um, you know, like because I was watching it with a whole bunch of other shows and stuff. Um, you know, they were getting ready to air the third season and then, you know, the second season was coming out. So I was eventually able to kind of catch up where I could watch like the third season live. Um, and from then on, that's just how I watched it. Like it just, as it aired, like I'd, you know, record it on like the DVR or whatever, cause I don't do commercials and, um, go from there and, and be able to, uh, watch it all and watch it live. And that was, that made like a lot more difference, I think, because of what the show is about. And it kind of like, I was able to kind of just sort of keep in, in time with what was going on. Um, because the show is basically about a mystery, like every season. So when you want to know something, you want to find out something like having to wait for like the DVD and all that, it was kind of a pain in the butt. So not having to do that for that long was nice. So what is Desperate Housewives about? The show actually takes place in a fictional town of Fairview. Um, it's just this quaint suburban neighborhood, like very picturesque. Um, it takes place primarily on the street of Wisteria Lane. And throughout this series, there's just some, uh, there's some viewings of like license plates that say things like the Eagle State. There's also some conversations with some of the characters about like, different football teams that may suggest that it could be really in like the Indiana area. Like that's kind of what they're going for. This is never really clarified or confirmed, but that's kind of just to give you an idea of like the landscape of like the backdrop of the show within this suburban neighborhood. That's kind of what we're looking at. And so the show's concepts, it basically centers around this idea of like, how well do you really know your neighbors? And so each season focuses on a central mystery where something crazy happens there could be like a murder or somebody um just like most of the time it's murder <laughs> but our people go missing or there's just like these weird neighbors that they don't like every something seems off there a little bit it's just kind of like the main four cast members of of uh marshall cross terry hatcher felicity huffman and eva longoria they typically are the ones that end up either helping to solve whatever's going on just in some roundabout way or in some way they're they're all or one of them usually is connected to like the the central mystery of that particular season so it's really good and different in that way because we have this concept which is kind of what i'm going to get into for some components where um just it's like kind of what you see there's so much more beneath the surface of of your neighbors and like you know yeah this 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 neighborhood looks really perfect and everything but like is it really and so just to jump right into those standout components is i'm going to actually talk about that exact thing which is the concept of the show so many shows um they do center around this idea of like how well do you know your neighbors nowadays um that concept but this show really put that idea i i personally think like on the map for years like in television um we would have shows that had that but like that wasn't like the point like it was more about like something going on with the characters this show really makes it a point like okay like you know taking that idea of this perfect neighborhood like we've seen a million times on television especially in film too and kind of turning that idea in its head, like the idea of this, you know, taking um, place on this charming street and, you know, where things seem perfect and picturesque and all of that, like I said, is completely turned over on its head. And this makes that originality factor and to me um, one of the things that makes this show really stand out. Like, I don't think 
I've seen it on a show before this show aired. I see it a lot now. Like a lot of people have taken that idea and, you know, taking something that looks, you know, seemingly perfect, but then it's not really. And I mean, you know, I guess in, in the past in film, I mean, we've seen this like, st- like the step for wives, like something like that. I could kind of p- pick out and, and see how maybe that might've been some inspiration for desperate housewives, but desperate housewives doesn't go as far as such a, like, um, not, not as much in that direction, but it's, it's definitely got like a similar tone and everything. And I just think that concept makes this show so fresh. Like whenever I even currently see an idea similar to that, I, my mind goes right back to desperate Housewives because they did it, you know, kind of first. And I think that they were able to just sort of also build different mysteries every season, I think is just something that really makes it just interesting, keeps things fresh. Getting into the next standout component um, is actually that, which is the writing. Um, so when you talk about uh, when you talk about Desperate Housewives with people like with you know to other people that have seen the show, usually if you ask them, I I have found like if you ask them like what their favorite season of the show is, you're pretty likely to get a variety of different answers because um, the opinions of the show are very broad. Like they're typically good. But the opinions of each season, like a lot of people might say, oh, no, first season was the best. And people are like, the second season was awful. And then like, da, 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 da. And I don't necessarily think any of the seasons were awful. Um, I think sometimes because the mystery might be so different or like uh, like a complete 180 from like the season before it, sometimes people, um, I think, can take some time to adjust to change and, you know, kind of focusing more on a different character than we did before things like that, and um, that's likely to create such broad opinions and, and that d- differ as well. But I've never heard anyone really say, like, that's, like, a fan of the show that, like, you know, there was just some season that was just, like, god-awful. Like, I don't, I've never heard that. It was more just, like, because the mysteries are constantly different every season, the opinions also adjust with that as well. The writing, in my opinion, um, is kind of like able to not only sustain the viewers, but it also helps to reel in new ones um, as the cast also evolves each year. So with each new mystery and each new like storyline and everything, or, or storylines, I should say, there's constant cast members coming in and out of the show. Like we always have these primary four but like there's a lot of like there's new love interests there's love triangles there's love rhombuses like all everything all over the place there's um people that move into the street people that move away just like in real life i mean and that the show definitely capitalizes on that idea um to make things feel really um just just real like as if it was a real street that these people are living on And I think this just helps to keep the main characters especially really well developed because, you know, each new season, like, they get new complications that each of them has to resolve in their own lives as well as, like, a central mystery that they're all kind of questioning and trying to figure out simultaneously. And so that there's there's this constant resolve every season as the seasons progress. And then, you know, as the new season begins, they're having to introduce new ideas and complexities. And it just, it has, like, a routine like that that never feels um predictable and never feels boring it's just like kind of buckle in and here's the new mystery type of thing the creator of the show mark cherry um he's written for other shows like um he wrote for the golden girls he's uh, written for devious maids and also white women kill and he definitely has a knack it seems like for writing and creating stories involving really strong women 
that have to deal with some like really complex issue. That seems to be kind of his um, sort of like kind of what he favors to sort of write about. And, um, you know, Desperate Housewives is no exception. And so you kind of see like when you look at like Mark Cherry's past writing credits, you can kind of see like how he eventually ended up kind of creating um, the show Desperate Housewives because he's kind of already he's written for so many shows that Desperate Housewives is kind of um, not poking fun at, but sort of referencing. And he's taking that and sort of like turning it on its head. Like I said, with this like kind of dark thing going on with each of the uh, new seasons and, and storylines as the, as things go on. The final thing uh, for standout components that I'll talk about um, in my opinion is the tone of the show. So um, you know, shows are often are often categorized and like different, um, just, you know, like it could be like sci-fi or comedy or drama or, you know, horror or something like that. I really think that Desperate Housewives, it really has a balance of drama, mystery, and comedy. Um, sometimes people consider this to be more of a dark, like even satirical comedy, which in a lot of ways it is. Many of the issues that the show tackles um, are often approached with the angle of humor and wit. Uh, just to sort of lighten the blow, I think, because some of the, especially in like the first, well, actually, I would say in the first like five, six seasons, to be honest, all of the mysteries often have some sort of like dark tone or just something to them because, I mean, they're they're usually involving someone that wants revenge or so, or they're trying to solve some murder or something like that that has taken place on their street, like in their neighborhood. And so I think, you know, this is a creative approach kind of to approach it from a, a stance of like um, just satire and uh, like just comedic things going on because you need to lighten that. Like otherwise it's going to come off like, you know, a Law & Order episode, which we all love Law & Order, but like so this show isn't that. Like this show, it's not a whole bunch of detectives like trying to solve these mysteries. These are housewives. These are These are women that like they live in this like really cozy suburban neighborhood and the mystery is thrust upon them. They're not going really looking for it. It just happens and they get involved somehow. And now, you know, they're in the middle of it trying to figure it out to keep each other and themselves safe. And so with that, I think taking that, you know, sort of satire approach, um, it does help to balance everything. And so overall, what makes um, Desperate Housewives great? Um, first off, you know, I've talked, I've kind of run through a lot of things, you know, with the concept, the writing and the tone and everything. But, you know, and I've talked on this on other things like films and television before, but this, none of that would ever work if it weren't for the casting, which is the first thing I'm going to talk about in terms of what overall makes Desperate Housewives so great. The casting of the show is just, it's very, it's really great, obviously, but it's also very crucial and important for making a show like this work. Like this idea could fall really flat um, if you didn't have a cast that really had chemistry with one another and i mean i'd read actually when mark uh, cherry was kind of pitching this idea like a lot of studios passed on it um and eventually abc picked it up once i think he got like a new agent or something um and it still even even with like a really strong studio like abc i just don't think like this show could actually work if it wasn't for the the principal cast of the show. So as I mentioned, um, I'm just gonna kind of run through um, kind of what each role um, of the characters are and like kind of also like who their character is 
and their sort of overall personality, I guess. So Marsha Cross um, plays Brie Vandekamp, um, who is kind of really prim and proper. Like she's the really like classy one of the group and um, just always trying to be like perfect in everything she does, very meticulous. She's the one that, you know, hosts the best parties and she always, you know, whenever a new neighbor moves in, she like brings the muffins and things like that. So like, that's really her character, like anything that's out of place, like she can't stand it. And she's just very perfectionist. And of course she evolves as the show goes on, but like, that's pretty much her character. Um, and that's kind of the standing joke. Her family, um, especially in the early seasons, um, struggles to sort of adapt to her ways, but she's no doormat at all. And she's very staunch in like her beliefs and her, just what she stands for and, you know, makes no qualms about like standing up for what she believes in. So that's, um, you know, Brie Vandekamp played by Marsha Cross. And then you have Terry Hatcher who plays Susan Meyer, who is, uh, when the show begins, I don't want to give anything away, but when the show begins, um, she's like a single mom. She has a daughter, her ex-husband's kind of like sleazy and, you know, he had, you know, run on, run out on her and everything. And, um, and so it's just her and her like teenage daughter, and she's like a, I think in the beginning season, she's like a, um, a children's book illustrator. And um, so she, ha- her house is like a little bit smaller than everybody else's because, you know, she's a single mom and everything. Um, and she's really like kind of the goofy one of the show. Like the character of Susan is definitely one that gets involved in a lot of the like s- sort of slapstick humor type of situations. Um, she's kind of like the, I would, I don't know. I mean, they're all, they're all funny in their own way, but like, I find Susan to be kind of the comedic relief and I think she can often be looked at as maybe the more relatable of the four um, just because she's like the more like kind of just like everyday average woman um, type of character and so a lot of people I think find um, she's she can often be the most relatable and again just the situations she finds herself in are just like often really humorous and um, I mean she has her serious moments as well but like um, she's always like trying to find like the right guy and everything. And like, um, it's just like kind of like that for her. And then we have a uh, Felicity Huffman who plays, um, Lynette Scavo and Lynette is definitely like, um, just like she has come from a, um, kind of businesswoman life and, and really corporate and everything like that. And now she's like, when the show starts off anyway, she's like a stay at home mom. She has like a few kids, Um, Her husband's, like, really working hard and everything. And, like, they definitely have um, a really, like, great marriage. And, like, they, her and Tom, her husband, really have this great chemistry um, just in terms of the storylines they get. And just kind of figuring out, like, I mean, she she doesn't have a lot of money. Like, they're, they're kind of just getting by all the time. But she is really just a really great mom. And like on top of things, she knows like exactly where her kids are and everything. And um, she's always the one to kind of like step up and just kind of just, you know, she's never afraid to kind of like stand up for herself or others um, when something's going down. So like that she's definitely a really dependable character. And then lastly, there's Eva Longoria who plays Gabby Solis. Um, starting out Gabby Solis's marriage with her, uh, her husband, Carlos is not great. She's the richest of the group. Um, she has like her husband's like some, you know, a big wig in the corporate world. And so she's used to be a model. So she's like beautiful and, and she's rich and she has like the great car and like the awesome house and everything. But 
the marriage is kind of like falling apart in the early season. So, so they, they kind of go in directions with that. And so with Eva Longoria's character, um, you know, she's definitely one where it's like everything really looks perfect and, and just like Id- idyllic um, from the outside. But really behind the closed doors, there's a lot more going on in her life that, you know, they kind of delve into um, on a more emotional level with her character, especially in the early seasons with her marriage with Carlos and everything and kind of trying to sort of reconcile like the issues that they have. And so the casting, of course, like I said, um, pretty much makes all of this work. Like all these actresses are strong, both comedically and dramatically. And that really helps them to kind of delve into what's needed to accomplish the sort of the task of making everything feel authentic. Like their dynamics and chemistry with each other really do help to build the reality of the show itself, where we truly do believe like this town and its characters are authentic and real. Like that's one of the charming things about this show is like this feels like a real street. Like it feels like, um, you know, neighbors you might actually have, you know, there's, there's like token sort of um, stereotypical neighbors on the street as well that really are cast that fit to fit that character perfectly. And again, the primary cast is no exception. Even like the love interests or the husbands or boyfriends of the um, primary cast, they all like themselves have to have chemistry with, you know, them as well. And they do like you when you if you try to think of like, okay, um, like one of the characters, one of the actresses having like a different husband from the other four, it just doesn't work because they all kind of fit the same chemistry that's needed again. And so that's one of the things overall, again, that makes the show great. Also, its ability to effectively resolve. I've talked before on films and television shows about concluding conclusions and how a lot of the time, especially in TV, like I find like shows can struggle with sort of resolving things in a show because they kind of get so far ahead of themselves that they can't really bring everything back in and, and hone on like what needs to be resolved and everything. The thing, the way that um, Desperate Housewives is kind of laid out, I think helps it in that it's able to because the mysteries usually last like the one season um you kind of get that closure and so then usually in the la- like in the season finale for example especially in the first few seasons like in the season finale usually something happens kind of cliffhangery to kind of lead into the next season's mystery where you're like oh like okay what's going to happen now And not only does that, I think, keep the interest, but it also gives you resolve and conclusion to the mystery that came before it. And I mean, I will say one thing about Desperate Housewives is like, like I mentioned, you know, everyone has their different and favorite seasons that they like. Personally, I would have liked to see the show end at season six. I think that is, for me, my favorite season. I think that's like when the show was really at its peak. And I think it's the best season. It's the best mystery. I think it has some of the best storylines going on. And, you know, all the seasons, regardless of that, though, are able to come to some resolution. I don't particularly, like, love the series finale of Desperate Housewives. That's why I kind of think season six would have been, like, okay to end there. Because where they kind of go, I'm not, I'm kind of like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Um, So I don't love the series finale of Desperate Housewives. But um, I don't think that negates all of the amazing seasons to come before that. 
and it still does resolve like a lot of things in a lot of ways maybe we as fans of the show don't like agree with the way they did some things because i know a lot of fans of this show that i talk to they're like oh like why do they do that at the end but um and i agree but like again prior to that like all of those other seasons are really great so having that resolving aspect to the show really helps that to make it good um lastly um the show does have its ability to keep things fresh um like any show there are times um i would think with with most shows I, i mean i can't think of any show that like doesn't have this issue where like you're watching and you're like loving the show and everything but then they kind of go in some directions where you're like okay like why are they doing this or like hmm, okay no and like this show is no exception um however i will say with desperate housewives these areas don't often last for long so like when they kind of take a left turn and you're like oh why are they doing that um it typically comes back and they like don't go there anymore (laughs) because that happens sometimes on this show as with any show um they don't like completely jump the shark and like the show is not what it was like i never felt like that it is able to find its way back and continue to pique your interest um to keep you watching um maybe like people might favor one mystery season over the other um they still typically would come back to watch like where the next one's gonna go and so that i think is just um sort of a testament to again the writing and the casting and just like the show's ability to keep things concise and like keep things moving um which you know that's something that i don't often talk on is like sometimes i think you know because this show usually has about 20 on average 20 episodes per season maybe some more maybe a couple less um and that can often be difficult where to like kind of not drag things out but it can be difficult to um just keep things interesting and maybe like one of the characters like not a lot's happening with them or like you're not really that into like where they're going with them there's a whole bunch of other characters to like focus on to again keep your interest and keep you watching and so i think that's kind of what a show is supposed to be though like i mean as as in life like sometimes things aren't as interesting with something as they are with one other thing and you know that's life and i think desperate housewives just has like this knack for balancing um all of that um with this really large cast really just kind of very complex storylines um and that just only helps it you know to remain great as it is and so with all of that in mind um that is why i know i love desperate housewives it is really one of my favorite shows um it just has so much going on and for a show just to be able to balance all of these things going on with from the from the storylines just which are extremely complex to the mysteries to resolving everything with the characters and then kind of having to introduce a whole bunch of new things like each next season i mean that's a lot um and again having this cast that like just keeps everything interesting at the same time like that is just to me the mark of like a really great show and so if you've never checked it out um definitely do that and it's a really easy watch with with again a lot of the like sort of dark things that with the mysteries and stuff that the show involves um like those really like light-hearted comedic moments really help it make help help you get through the show quite easily so um it's not super heavy is what i'm saying and so that is going to wrap up this episode for this week and until next time thanks again for listening Thank you for listening to the I Know I Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please follow me, Kevin Craddock, on Instagram at I Know I Love Podcast. Here you can find current information and links to future episodes as they are produced. Thanks again for listening.